So on uh, Wednesday, you know, I get home from teaching. Yeah. Right? I take off my coat. And Michelle, first thing, she goes, you know, your shirt's inside out. Okay. I was wearing a three-quarter. I, I'm a big fan of the three-quarter zips now. Like like this? Like the one I'm wearing? Yeah. yeah. The, the really great gut. You can totally hide your gut with a, oh, good, yeah. a good stretchy. Oh, yeah. So anyways, I, I look at it and like, sure enough, there's the scene. You know, you can see the threads and the seams on the outside. And the zipper was, you know, inside out. And there, the tag. And then I reached in the back and the tag was out. I had just come back from teaching all day. No one said a word to you. No one said a word. But I realized after she said that, I'm like, you know, my class was really engaged these last couple. <laughs> they were laughing at my jokes. You know, I they really. Weren't, they weren't <laughs> laughing with you. Right. They were laughing so, at you. So I'm going there now, right after this. Huh. Yeah. Guess who's going to get a five-page paper that's due on Monday? <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, great. Well, hey, listen, Manushaman is up next. But first, listen to this other fine old pie show. What do you get when you hear a, a celebrity Manushaman interview, Dave? You will get Mark Cuban and Anthony Scaramucci, Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, and the bully from the Christmas Story. Yes. The voice of Siri, and she shed Cheryl. My God, it list goes on. So you'll get... Minutia, Celebrity Minutia Men Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. I, you know, I think I'm late to the three-quarter zip party. Yeah, well, that's because you're still wearing sweaters from 1992. <laughs> so you know, every 30 years, you. Uh, but the, I mean, they are they're they're comfy and yeah, they're totally out of style now. Are they really? No, I don't know. I'm sure they prob <laughs> they probably are. They could be. What about the flannel shirt and the concert T-shirt? I'm still wearing. I'm still wearing the. Now AC. that's probably back again. Right, right. right. The, the young hipsters go to you know whatever, right. wherever they live now, Bucktown or wherever. Yeah, they'd be like, "That's a cool cat." Yeah, or look at that guy. Yeah. yeah, he looks old, but he's still cool. <laughs> right. I had 30 years of being just a schlump, but now finally, what comes around is. I, I think, you know, schlump is something you can put on your business card. It's just oh, it's a great word. David Stern schlump. <laughs> it's just great. I got I no it. problem being a schlump. Uh, do you got a problem uh, doing minutia? No, and we got a great show today, Rick. Oh, right. do we? Oh, God. We've got a lot of things. We've got a, we're going to have a celebrity potpourri moment like we always do. Okay. Uh, we've we're a gonna, special one, though, this week. A very special celebrity potpourri. You know, we're got, we've got a couple of, uh, st I think we got a bonus studio walls coming. Wow. I know. This is, it's almost embarrassing. It is embarrassing. So we probably should get going. Huh? Okay. Um, this might not be a particularly sound marketing decision. Okay. All right. But I think we should start catering to the QAnon crowd. <laughs> okay. I, I think they're not too hard to sell. To. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, while getting in with these people might be a little difficult at first, uh, once you do, they will believe anything. They will become brand advocates. Like I mean, have... literally everything. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and if we could just figure out how to exploit these dipshits, man, we would make a friggin' fortune. Like They're we... not dipshits, Dave. They're misunderstood. <laughs> They're patriots. Well, did you see the latest event on their crazy tour? I did. That was spectacular. <laughs> so that for those of you who don't know, this past Tuesday, 200 plus, what are they, are they QAnonians? 
Uh, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's call them that. And so 200 QAnonians gathered near Dealey Plaza in Dallas, which, is, of course, is where JFK was assassinated, allegedly. <laughs> uh, and they, they gathered because they believed somehow JFK and his son, JFK Jr., were going to reappear <laughs> and usher in a QAnon utopia where, of course, President Donald Trump gets reinstated. I think it's, it's just JFK Jr. was coming back, not JFK. Oh, was it? Yeah. Because that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he would be like 110 or something. 104. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, a spoiler alert, that he didn't come. What? I know, rude, right? What? All, all these people are there, rude. Um, but some of these QAnonians weren't phased and started spewing another theory. Yeah. He was coming to the Stones concert. <laughs> Hold on. That, well, it gets better. That JFK and Junior were going to somehow show to the world, or they were going to show up at a Rolling Stones concert, which that yeah. evening was going to be at the Cotton Ball. We are not making this up. <laughs> so, um, and even some QAnon supporters um, uploaded photographs and videos from inside the Cotton Bowl stadium, and it came that they thought Keith Richards was actually, and I'm not making this up, in fact, the 35th president of the United States. Oh, they think Keith Richards is well, John right, F. Kennedy. Right. And honestly, I bet JFK's 58-year-old rotting corpse probably still looks better than Keith Richards, right? Yeah. Now, as I Keith mentioned- Keith Richards the only British guy that doesn't have a charming accent. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that is a good point. That is a, actually a great point. So I went on Telegraph. Well, I didn't go on Telegraph because I don't- You know what Telegraph is? It's the yeah. right wing. Um, but I did research some of the things that some of the- QAnons are posting. Yeah. That is proving their theory. Oh, my okay. God. Um, here's one from Odilabobi. Okay. Okay. This is true, people, and I can prove it. Look at the lyrics in the Kennedy verse in Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, my God. There are 17 words. Do you know that 17 is the QAnon special number because 17 is the or Q is the 17th letter oh of the alphabet. God. I feel like I'm getting dumber just listening. Well, to this. what's really stupid is I counted the words. Yeah. There's only 15. Oh <laughs> Yet this post was shared 500 or 300 times. Here's another one from I go where you go 45. Okay. You want proof? Here it is. The Stone's 17th album is Goat's Head Soup. The first song on that album is Dancing with Mr. D, an obvious reference to Donald Trump. The 17th line of the song <laughs> is... was about the devil. Right, the 17th line of the song is Looking Down at 44. Obviously, Trump, the 45th president, is looking down at Obama, who is 44. Wow. Simple. Wow. How much time does it take for them to... To find these little nuances, right? Well, it's a lot easier when you don't have a job. <laughs> right. Well, and if you're in prison from the January 6th uh, riots. And finally, Plozodime posted, okay, when was Kennedy born? In 1917. Oh, my God. When was Richards born? 1943. What happens when you add 1943? 17. So, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what I heard? Um, and and this is this is real. Mm -hmm. Um, James Dean and Elvis, yeah, who are both in their eighties now, they're married and they're living in New Mexico. Really? Yes. This is this is totally true. It's just outside the UFO place yeah. uh, by Roswell. They both faked their deaths, okay, because they couldn't live in public as gay men. Okay, sure. 
And it almost didn't work out at first because Elvis had gotten a little flabby. James Dean was a little grossed out <laughs> yeah, when he yeah. first saw him. Yeah. But Elvis got in shape. James Dean went to computer school. And now they control all the voting machines in the South, and they've dedicated their lives to stopping child blood drinking Democrats from holding office in the old Confederacy. Okay, well, they're doing the Lord's work. Well, you know, they're patriots. Yeah, you know, getting getting involved in civic politics is always a good thing, (laughs) and it'd be nice to see Elvis again. All right, so I have a story for you. Now you know that my greatest fear is dying an embarrassing death. Yes. Um, I think about it all the time. And then when I see stories like this one uh, that I'm about to share with you right now, I think about it even more. This story is from Brazil. A 30-year-old man was fishing with friends in the municipality of Brasilandia de Minas on Sunday, according to the local fire department. The man accidentally overturned a beehive along the lake. Okay. Right now I know what you're thinking. Getting stung to death by bees Mm -hmm. would be an embarrassing death. But that's not what happened to him. Because the man was smart. He was right by a lake. So he jumped into the water to escape the bees. Yeah. Now I know what you're thinking. Drowning to escape bees would be an embarrassing right, right. way to die. Not good. But that's not what happened to him. Um, because the bees were hovering overhead, the man did not uh, did, did have to stay underwater for a little while. Right? Um, but he didn't drown. Um, instead, he was attacked by piranhas. <laughs> That attacked his face and his arms and his legs, and he couldn't come up because the bees were hovering overhead, and then he drowned. (laughs) A firefighter who performed the rescue said that the carnivorous fish had disfigured the man's face and other parts of his body. His body was found four meters from the shore. And that, my friends, is why my embarrassing death now has a list of things that I'm not going to do for the rest of my life. Fishing. Right. Swimming in a lake. Going to Brazil. Or going outside. Going outside. <laughs> I'm just adding them all to pre- prevent my embarrassing did death. You, did I ever tell you the wasp story in college? No. So we were coming back from studying 2, 3 in the morning. Um, and I was walking. Uh, <laughs> and that's your honor. Is what we were doing. <laughs> and there was a chair. There was like a you know recliner out in front of, I don't know, with some fraternity or whatever. And of course, oh, I'm going to sit in the chair, uh, you know, wacky. Well, the reason that the chair was outside was because there was a wasp's nest inside the chair. So I sit down and I bet I got stung 17 times. I mean, it was. Wow. Right. And I looked up in the fraternity and there was like six guys just laughing, (laughs) laughing from the window. And I'm just, you know. Eking like Lucy. Do you remember what fraternity that was? Because um, I'm going to send a lawyer down there. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. All right. Do we have any reviews of the show? Yeah. I, this one's from Bugsy B. Okay. Bugsy I love this B. one. Uh, this is shortened to the to the point. Tip top pod. Rat a tat tat. Five stars. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, if you like Minutia Men, uh, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Nest Podcast Network. Pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. And remember that opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. And please go on these uh, podcast uh, sites like Apple and Google and, and Spotify. And, 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 and give us a review. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a nice review. You can you can take out some of your passive aggressive hatred well, on us. Or just cut and paste the guy who just did one. Yeah. And put your name on it. You know. Right. Every review helps us. Plagiarism is. And, that, and that's how we vaulted ourselves up to, to the 1%er, top. 1%er, baby. That's right. Yeah, we are the 1%. 
All right, so we have uh, much more show. As Dave mentioned earlier, we have a special bonus this week. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So this is the part of the show where we dip into the Rick and Dave archives, which are vast and are categorized in a, a, a calendar. And so every week I look at the beginning of the week and I say to Dave, you know, here are some of the options that we can do this week. Which one would you like to do? And there were so many good ones this week that Dave couldn't decide on mm-hmm. one. Couldn't. So we're going to do two. Mm-hmm. And first, um, and they're both short, so don't worry. The first one here is uh, Kurt Elling. Kurt, uh, Kurt Elling, by the by the way, is my now my new BFF. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah, you're like you're That's yesterday's fine. news. That's fine. Yeah, he, me and Kurt are, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fine. He's we actually friend. laugh about you. And <laughs> that's fine. We actually make fun of you. I'm fine. You know what? I, I need to cut back anyway. <laughs> uh, he's a famous jazz singer. He's a friend of the show. He had a birthday this week. Yep. We had a great chat with him a few months ago, and there's there are at least five or six great stories, mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't decide which one to, to feature today. I've decided to choose this one instead. This is the, uh, this is the story of when he met... Tom Waits. All right, here we go. You know, one of the hardest things in the world is to approach these gigantic persona who you occasionally brush with. You know, I was I was having breakfast at this uh, at this spot in um, Carmel, California. I was visiting some friends and, uh, you know, it's it's 930 in the morning and we had played a gig and whatever. And I'm there with my piano player and, and like out of the blue in walks, Tom Waits. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. And his hair's every place. And he's got that look in his eye. Like he can't figure out whether he's going to tell a joke about something or whether he's going to slit somebody's throat or whether <laughs> throw a trash. Or he's going to have the Denver omelet. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Really? Are you going to stand in this, in this buffet line, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and you know naturally I, i'm just like man i, I gotta like this is probably my one shot i've gotta <laughs> and i go to him and i say i say uh <clears throat> excuse me mr waits and he and he looks at me all squinty eyed and he's like uh <laughs> and i say sir i just want to say i i just really respect your whole oof your your whole situation in the world is so <laughs> profound and i just adore it and i just I'm not going to bug you, but just wanted to send you the respect I can. And he goes, "Uh huh." <laughs> and then he just walks out of the room. Right. <laughs> These mean, potatoes pretty- suck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect a Tom Waits to be a morning person, no. <laughs> right? Exactly. Jeopardy, dude. Hey, how you doing? Uh, that that's is, great. That's great. That's a Tom Waits story. <laughs> Happy birthday, Kurt. Yes. Now, here's another uh, thing that happened this week. Uh, 15th anniversary of the Arab-Israeli Comedy Hour, um, which was uh, a big hit here in Chicago. And we had one of the stars of that show, Aaron Freeman, on. And we talked to him about that show. And I have uh, some audio from that, too. Let's see if I can find it. It's right here. Really, comedy hour, which ran here on stage, and and you toured as a comic uh, in the Palestinian Israeli comedy hour. 
Um, it's a Palestinian comedy tour. Comedy tour. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, we travel the world doing it. It says tour on my thing here. I can't. I don't have my glasses on. I'm an idiot. Um, is it fair to say that that you think that humor uh, is something that can help div- uh, bridge divides between the Arabs and the Jews? Well, you know, it's a very interesting thing about that. So our line was, if we can laugh together, we can live together. Mm-hmm. But so the Israeli Palestinian comedy tour was me, Ray Hanania, uh, Palestinian, um, um, Charlie Wardy, and Yisrael Campbell. And we toured for like a year and a half, but we broke up because the Jews couldn't get along. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What? <laughs> I know. I know. I never heard of it. The right. idea of Jews uh, fighting Aaron, with Jews. Aaron, was it about a brisket? Please tell me it was about a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, at my age, I can't remember what it was about. You know, Dave right? I, I think it had to do... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think it had to do with politics. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Dave and I, back in the day, we wrote a parody of... Um, West Side Story for our Sox fans and Cub fans. We call it the South Side Story. And ah! while we were... While it would we're, have been huge there. And we would have just turned it in somewhere. But yeah. while we were doing it, somebody said to us, you know Aaron Freeman's already done this with the... Uh, right. In your as part of your show, isn't yeah. that true? So you cost us millions. Thanks a lot, Aaron. This is really why we want you on the show right now. Well, but you know the truth is, after some years after that, uh, some Israelis did West Bank Story. Okay, so mine was West Bank Story, and they actually won an Academy Award for it. Well, how about that? There you go. Just another, you know, uh, you know, Rick invented the internet, and he's not going to get any credit for it either. Uh, the pioneers are never respected, uh, Aaron. You know, that's. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great guy. Yeah, no, he and that entire <clears throat> excuse me, that entire interview is uh, available at Minutia Men's mm-hmm. Celebrity Interview. It's episode twenty-two, mm-hmm. and if you want to hear the Kurt Elling one, that's episode seventy-eight. That's so uh, be sure to check out we we have that whole other show. We still have more show this week. <sighs> you know what? I've pretty much given all I can. <laughs> no, no, there's more. Yeah. There's so much more. Give me a uh, just a quick update of what your next story is going to be about um lying wife committing to the shtick okay and mine is stripper's monkey bites kid um, <laughs> that was your children's book wasn't it? <laughs> we've got so much more and we've also got a very special celebrity potpourri uh, right uh, yeah. it's all coming up don't go away so lou what's the deal with horsepower i mean we don't use horses anymore well, we like horses, and that's how it started, so these are our new ponies. At least we're living in the golden age of horsepower and doing our best to enjoy it like we do on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Luke Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You really think you can feed like 700 horses, Mark? And we're back. You know how you mentioned the B story a little close to home? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I got one here that kind of hit close to home for me here. Okay. An East Haven, Connecticut woman was arrested for defrauding her own husband of 600 grand after con- convincing him he had Alzheimer's. Oh, boy. Donna Marino, 63, was accused of forging her husband's signature on legal documents, pension checks, uh, monetary settlements, and so far, social security checks. She was able to do this in his plain view after she convinced him he had dementia. Okay. Okay. And this is what, and she did this and she was able to do this by having fake phone calls with his dead mother in front of him. Uh, 
Whoa. Telling him to get the car washed multiple times a day. I don't really know. <laughs> Go get the car. I just did. No, you didn't. Go. Uh, uh. Oh my God. <laughs> this could totally work on me. <laughs> well, hold on. And telling him he just ate when he was hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. You just ate. What? This woman's a genius. <laughs> right. So um, this got me thinking with my lovely bride. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, she's been telling me for years that I've been repeating the same stories and jokes. Yeah. Which which can't be true. <laughs> can't possibly be true. Yeah. Um, I and I think I've said this on the show before. I know she makes up grocery items for yeah. me, just like names of Greek cheeses yeah. to go. And, and I also suspect of my wife that yeah. there are times when she says, you remember, I told you about that, right. where <laughs> she knows full well that she never told me about that. I, I have a thing with Michelle. It's like, you know what? You told me that in your head. <laughs> you never actually verbalize what it was. I know that you, you know, you know, uh, and I know Michelle hides the remote from me all the time, you know, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> You know why she could never pull this off uh, on you? Uh, because she could never do your signature. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> because you will have illegible writing. Like anyone, you know, they, they talk about kids these days not being able to write cursive mm. and stuff. Dave was way ahead of the curve <laughs> yeah. on this. Just like I was ahead of the curve with the, fl- with the flannel shirt and the yes. concert t-shirts. <laughs> yes, you were. Ahead of the curve here. So. Okay. Well, I have a story for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, uh, this was blowing up Twitter this week. But I know that only a fraction of the world is actually on Twitter. In fact, you're not really on Twitter that nah, much, but I'm on it all the time. Uh, so let me recap it for but you. But right? is on Twitter. That's true. Right. That's true. Tom Campbell is a photographer who photographs the Texas football program. Okay. And this is what he tweeted the day after Halloween. I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special team coach Jeff Banks's monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. <laughs> oh, no. Now, you can understand why this would be something that would go viral yeah, on Twitter, yeah. right? Uh, but it's actually just the tip of the iceberg on the story as we found out as the story progressed. Uh why, first of all, why does a Texas special team coach Jeff Banks have a pet monkey? <laughs> Turns out he doesn't. It belongs to his girlfriend, not his wife or his kids. We recently left <laughs> his girlfriend, a stripper okay. who performs with the monkey in her act, a stripper with a monkey who has performed on national television shows like Jerry Springer. And what is this stripper's name? You ask uh, pole assassin. <laughs> her name is pole assassin <laughs> so now you know why the uh, story went viral right, on sure. twitter it's got it's got all the boxes it checked all the checks boxes them all. checked the ball checks them all as a follow-up to the story the kid is okay good he wasn't as seriously hurt as the story initially implied the monkey is up to date with all shots and vaccines so covid nothing, where nothing happened wait where is this <laughs> it texas? was in texas so no covid <laughs> the monkey hey, the was... monkey's got his choice <laughs> it's his body he's just living his own freedom man <laughs> Uh, he also wasn't uh, just jumping around attacking kids. The kid went in an area that he wasn't supposed to go. Uh, it was a haunted house, and this whole section of the house was blocked off. So, I mean, there's yeah. there's disclaimers to the story. But the fact remains that the guy who calls the trick plays for the Longhorns, who treats himself to a life with a stripper named Pole Assassin and her monkey, <laughs> had problems with a trick or treater. Yeah. And the world is a glorious place. Yeah. Um, for those of people that say that you spend too much time on social media, 
you don't spend enough time <laughs> on social media. Well, this actually got me going because Pole Assassin is such a great name. Mm-hmm. So I went on this stripper named Generator. <laughs> okay. All right, which good. you can find on online. Right. And you have to answer a series of questions. Okay. This is true. Go look it up. You can Google um, stripper name generator. Okay, it's sure. out there. Uh, my stripper name. Yeah. You ready for this? Sure. Harry Sex Machine. <laughs> okay. It's no pole assassin. No. Right. And then would, that would not, that'd be a horrible one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. It would. Did you do me? Did you? Can you? No, I thought you were going to do you. Oh, that's what that link was that you sent me. Oh, well, that, that too late e- now. That email that you said, please do this before the show. Oh, yes. I see this right now. Yes. Okay, well, I'll do that later. Whatever. All right. Well, that that's a great way to do this bit. All right. So we have a very special celebrity mm-hmm. potpourri, uh, which we will set up strictly by playing the audio. Here we go. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Rick, generally speaking, most of the correspondences that we get from listeners is positive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say you know, so. Yeah. Love your show. You guys are the reason I get up in the morning. You know, that, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. love, uh, love your bald head. That but, sort of thing. Occasionally, we get a bad egg reaching out to us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This email comes from Liz from Kansas City, and she writes, I believe Dave's Jesse Owens story. I was skeptical about a Stevie Wonder encounter, but gave him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm definitely calling bullshit on his Muhammad Ali story. I need proof. First of all, Liz from Kansas City, I don't owe you shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. But, He's turning on the <laughs> right, listeners. Right. Uh, bite me, Liz. Uh, but okay, I'll play your little game. A couple of months ago, I told the story when I met Muhammad Ali at one of my paper or one of my customers print shop. God, 10, 15 years ago. He was in the press room sitting next to a press. Uh, the name of the shop is Rapid Print. It's a fantastic print shop in Benton Harbor. <laughs> Perfect for your business card needs, anything you need. And I've got Jeff, the owner, on the line right now. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, guys. How you doing? (laughs) So, Jeff, you're here to save my reputation. Was the champ at your print shop, and did your favorite salesman, paper salesman, Dave, meet him? Yes, I would have to say yes. Although I... Can't, can't confirm or deny, maybe. Oh, what? That, what? That I'm your favorite? <laughs> uh, that I'm your favorite paper yeah, salesman, really. or yeah, that? Well, so, <laughs> this is what I remember, and I—it's one of the funniest stories. You and I only got to Benton Harbor. I don't know once every year or so. Came there, you know, you you very cordial. You bring me back, you know. We say hello. You bring me back and give me a little tour where the equipment is. Um, maybe you had a new two color. I don't know. I don't remember. It was okay. 14 years ago. Easy on the jargon. And as I'm walking around, I see a guy who looks exactly like Muhammad Ali sitting next to a print or a uh, press watching it run. And I remember at that point, everything that you said afterwards, I wasn't listening to anymore because I'm like, holy shit, there's Muhammad Ali sitting right there. So so we go back, you know, back to the front and we start talking and you say, and I'll never forget this. Aren't you going to ask me why Muhammad Ali is sitting next to the press? And I'm like, yeah, why? Why? Tell us, everybody, why was Muhammad Ali sitting in your press room? Okay. Uh, Let's let's start at the beginning here just just i'll give you a little bit of free um whatever um 
your 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 guests or your uh, audience is probably asking, yeah, why would Muhammad Ali be in Benton Harbor at a print shop, right? Yeah, I would imagine that that's probably a question that some <laughs> of them are thinking. Yeah. Well, here, this will help if you and you. This will probably be the only thing you can actually might be able to verify. Okay. Out of this, and that would be, he actually lived. 10 minutes from Benton Harbor, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. in a little town called Berrien Springs, Michigan. I've driven by there. And he's actually been to our shop probably, I was trying to think of how many times, at least 15, maybe 20. Okay. And he would come in and do, he was a devout Muslim, and he would have us do like his tracks and stuff like that, you know, for, uh-huh. for Islamic faith. And the way he would do it is he would come in and he would always stay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the reaction people would, he would, he would drop his stuff off and he would stand there and it would take 45 minutes to an hour sometimes. <laughs> and the looks, the same look that you had, <laughs> All day long. I mean, it was just <laughs> hilarious. I had people just, they would not even remember what they were doing and leave the building. At, you know, they were placing an order. They look over and there's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I wish I had a camera up, you know, to see, to catch all this stuff. But got no proof. You but got anyway, proof now. It's on this podcast, buddy. Yeah. It's total proof. And, yeah. And this, and this particular day that you came in, uh, he didn't come in to order anything. His wife, Lonnie, mm-hmm. dropped him off and said, he, you know, we're like, champ. You know, I always called him champ. Hey, champ, what what, what do you want today? Lonnie says, he just wanted to come to watch the presses run. Wow. Wow. And she said, I'm going to get my hair done. So we had him the whole morning that day it was surreal i mean just like can you believe this i this is happening we're like okay we got him we'll take him out back everybody get that press running yeah right exactly. he, wants to, he wants to see a press run get it going right i don't care what you're so printing funny. on it you know but boss we got nothing to print i don't care yeah. <laughs> well you know and so that's the story right there i mean uh well that well, you we got I, verification there. Yeah. I th- I think it's so cool that um, I happened to be that one day. Yeah, you know the the, yeah. the one or two times that I've ever you know the, the once a year it happens to be right when Muhammad Ali was there. So I got I got to say, Jeff, I, I I had some doubts about this myself, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to hear that uh, you have confirmed it all. Right. The only the only regret that I have is like that Muhammad Ali did not buy a couple of cartons of two part from me. I tried to get him to <laughs> try, and he just wouldn't do it. And I'm like, come on, man. We better get Jeff off the phone right. before Dave tries to sell him some right, paper. Right. Joe, Fra- <laughs> Joe Frazier just bought some four part from me. What the oh hell? God. Easy paper boy. Easy. Hey Jeff, um, real quick. You're a great printer. Like I said, Benton Harbor. Uh, why don't you throw your phone number if you don't mind right out. If people need anything for you that live in the the area or what, anything you want to plug right now, you're welcome to plug. Yeah, sure. Our phone number is area code 269 925 
Okay, yeah, now that's that's for printing needs only. It's not for confirming the Muhammad Ali story. <laughs> oh, call call him and just you're going to have people go go in and say, oh, I wonder if somebody else is here. You know, what other celebrities are going to go to rapid print? Uh, is that Ken Norton Jr.? I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one more quick one. Sure. Okay, so he we we did a job for him, and right at the end, this is one of the last times he was there. He goes. And it's, it was hard hard to understand him right, talk. Right. But um, he said in his voice, but you could hear the same voice he talked to Howard Cosell, but it was just a little raspier. Yeah. Um, and he said, do you want to come to dinner? Oh, that's right. And I said, what? You know, I, I just, no. And he said, do you want to come to dis- dinner? Bill Cosby's coming over. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> and I and I get to say, I told him no. I, I turned down Muhammad Ali's invitation for dinner. <laughs> so, how stupid am I? Well, I bet your wife is happy she didn't go meet Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, thanks a lot, buddy. We really thanks, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, if anybody wants to call BS on any of my stories, yeah. feel free. Are you going to be able to confirm? Like, I might. Okay. I might. Uh-huh. I have, you know, I, I don't think there's a single celebrity story I've told in which there wasn't some other person involved. You know, um, we, I forgot to ask Jeff now that he's off the phone. I swear, and maybe I'm wrong, that he said, you know, if you would have been here last week, uh, um, uh, what is it, uh, Will Smith was here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so this, I love the fact that this. Print shop in you know Benton Harbor. Yeah, we got Bill Cosby, we got Muhammad <laughs> Ali, we got Will Smith, we got everybody. Maybe Denny Lane. I don't. Or uh, Denny McLean. Wait, who's the pitcher? Uh, Denny McLean. Denny McLean. Wow, that's kind of an obscure one that you pulled out. It's Michigan. That's about. It. Well, you or know, Kid did, Rock. Maybe he's there. did you know that Denny McLean is actually from Chicago? Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, I know that I know I can tell from your face right now you want to wrap up the show, but I'm now going to go into a tangent, and <laughs> oh, it, really, it really bothers you when uh, I do this. Okay. A, when I worked at Case Paper, and again, we talked about paper just a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, right? in fact, that's all you talk uh, about. One of our cutters by the name of Big Jim. Big Jim was kind of big. Yeah. Hence, Big Jim. I got that, yeah. He hit a double off of Denny McLean in the high school city championship back in 1950-whatever-the-hell. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you go to, like, gymnastics matches, and just as the gymnast is about to jump right. off and make the perfect right, landing, right. do you go and say, hey, listen, i got a story to tell you. <laughs> right. Do you ever do is that? Is that spandex? What? <laughs> is that Bolivian spandex? <laughs> Ah, special thanks to the executive producer of the show, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Manushaman. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. 
Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of Coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. Radio Misfits.com.